In the name of one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. J.B. Phillips, a British scripture scholar and translator, wrote a book over 60 years ago with the provocative title, Your God is Too Small. He wrote, The trouble with many people today is that they have not found a God big enough for modern needs. He was and is absolutely right. If Phillips were writing today, he might title his book, Your God is Too Small and Far, Too Far Away. He might write, The challenge for many people today is finding a God who is big enough to embrace the world and close enough to fill their inner emptiness. Many of us do have a God who is too small. Without knowing it, we have substituted a wee little God for the great and gracious God revealed in our family album, in the history of the people of Israel, and in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This substitute God we've fashioned is limited and narrow and tame and does nothing at all that's surprising or amazing and is boxed in by our own preconceptions. This God is stingy with mercy and has only enough love for our kind of people. Our nation, our tribe, or maybe our race, our family, our social class, our political party, or denomination. This God of our own making is predictable and safe and boring. Such a God is hardly worthy of praise. We don't expect this diminutive deity to restore or redeem or transform anyone or anything. Preaching becomes about coping with the way things are rather than an inbreaking of an entirely new salvation. Our God is too small and far too far away. You may remember Bette Midler's hit song from a distance. Anyone? Anyone? Okay, all right. I find it fascinating how popular it was, and it still is, with many Christians. It strikes me, and if this is your favorite song, I apologize, as an insipid hymn to a disinterested God. God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Apparently, a lot of us believe in a remote, passive, and merely observant God. This God from far, far away doesn't come close enough to nourish and sustain us. Instead, this God enlightens us about how to fend for ourselves and how to feed ourselves. Rather than being 
bread of life for our hungry hearts, this God is like a report from the agriculture department about the anticipated wheat production. A small and distant God leaves us feeling overwhelmed by change and threatened by emptiness. Everyone knows we are living through an era of massive transition and change. Our culture is like the shifting of the giant tectonic plates which lie beneath the surface of the earth. And the slightest movement of those massive plates can rip apart the surface of the earth in an earthquake or cause a violent volcano eruption. These shifts are relentlessly beneath us. Transition and change, they cause huge dislocations in our lives. The landscape is losing its comfortable familiarity. What am I talking about? Economic changes, worldview changes, changes in our culture, changes in our neighbors, changes in the way we engage in relationship. I mean, take just for instance our technological changes. We are on the grid, or we could be, 24-7, 365 days a year, and yet we think we're so connected and we're really still struggling to develop deep, intense, loving, rich relationships. And some of the changes, they bewilder us. They bewilder me. They frustrate me to no end. And others amaze me and delight me. And whether we consider them positive or negative, the shifts keep happening. And the ground beneath our feet doesn't feel solid. And all the while, we're also trying to cope with more immediate and personal changes. Illness, family crisis, family changes, a birth that's coming, challenges at work, challenges at school, limitations imposed by aging, and inevitable transitions that are just brought about simply by the passing of time. It's a hard truth to swallow. Everyone is temporary. Everything is impermanent. And our vulnerability to change, it sometimes overwhelms us. And when it does, a wee little God is not going to help us. And a distant God can't do anything about the emptiness which threatens us. We all live through different seasons of our lives which demand more than we can possibly deliver. Work grinds on, but our energy is long gone. Needs pile up, but we're at risk for caving in. Opportunities multiply, but we're divided when they do. The schedule is jammed full, and our hearts are alarmingly empty. Maybe that's how things are going for you. Maybe you've spent your emotional accounts and you're into near bankruptcy. Maybe you're way over your limits. Maybe you're maxed out in your soul, 
or foreclosure on your identity has begun. Maybe you're at risk for losing who you most truly are. Most days, many of us just get out of bed. We put on our uniforms of responsibility, our practice facades of can-do optimism, our masks of habit, and our armor of protection, and we do what we have to do. There's a kind of grace in being able to do that, frankly. But I know from listening to people's hearts that there are a lot of people, a lot of people, more than you might imagine, who worry and wonder about how much longer they can cope with all the demands, respond to all the pressures, and meet all the expectations they feel bearing down on them. We feel unsettled and restless. We fill that restlessness with anything that will help. The internet, our emails, our tweets, our noise, our food, our drinks, our drugs, our busyness, our money, with whatever will promise a temporary relief and might just help us get through another night. Eventually, the emptiness threatens to consume us. It moves to take over everything else, and for some, it does. Some are being consumed by that emptiness and that loneliness. And when it happens, a tiny distant God ain't going to help us. But thankfully, as Paul's prayer for the Ephesians reminds us, we don't have a small, distant God. The real God revealed to us in the history of Israel and in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is magnificent and mysterious and mighty. That real God is vast beyond our comprehending, beautiful beyond our appreciating, and wonderful beyond our imagining. That God encompasses everything, everything past, present, and future, everything near and far, everything we have discovered, and everything that is still hidden. That God is above and beyond, among and within, high and holy, close and compassionate. Because God's great love leaves us breathless with astonishment. And Paul prayed that we would know what he admitted was beyond knowing. The breadth and length and height and depth of love. Because God's love includes everyone. God's love includes everything. It radiates with this redeeming grace that envelops all of our shame, our guilt, our self-hatred, and it shines with a dazzling glory which fills every shadow and every corner of our hearts and our universe with hope. His prayer simply and compellingly invites us to realize how much God loves us. 
And it invites us to experience God's surrounding, encompassing, embrace, and warm love for us. And it promises us that God will fill us when we are empty. And God will make us strong when we are weak. And God will keep us rooted and grounded when everything around us is changing. This prayer of Paul's is an invitation for all of us to experience the prayer for ourselves. To ask God to thrill us again with a sense of wonder and majesty. To fill us again with God's own life. And to show us that we truly can comprehend this wide embrace of love. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.